guys, so back again for another um, chat um, about adult gymnastics, fitness, all that fun stuff. So um, if you haven't checked out my first episode, it's a little rough, but I'm sure we'll get better with time. Um, you can hear a really brief rundown of my story um, and how, you know, where I've come from, I can a brief rundown of, you know, from competition through to adult gymnastics and, and getting into a bit more seriously now. So I won't recover that. Um, but today I did want to talk about um, my competitive career a little bit more in detail as well and some of the issues I encountered um, and some of the challenges and then um, how I hope that gymnastics in Australia has changed. Um, I have been in and out, including coaching, over the last few years and I still see some stuff going on in our gymnastics um, culture that is not healthy and not helpful and probably not part of the reason why Australia doesn't produce, you know, outstanding gymnasts or very many elite gymnasts. Essentially, most people drop out and at some point during high school years or even like primary and I think there's just some real cultural change that needs to happen so I think some of this is just left over from from the past era of gymnastics and there's other podcasts that talks about this in in the UK and and the US situation as well so essentially um I started competing when I was six, which is when you're first allowed to start as a level one gymnast. Our levels are a bit different to the US um, in that, and I think they're different again now to, to what they were when I went through in the 90s. So back when I went in, through in the 90s, like level one to three was the typical compulsory routines where everyone does the same routine to the same music there's no variation. The dance is the same pretty much. Like there's very little, um, there's slight interpretation differences between clubs. Um, and, you know, the focus is on obviously technique and basic skill formation. Then level four, you at that point would start to get a bit more variation um, where that's when your routines on floor, for instance, use the whole floor and you started tumbling diagonally. Um, it wasn't just straight up and down a row and there was a bit more freedom to um, put dance elements and, and choose skills up to level six, which at the time when I went through, there was actually uh, two streams in level six. There was level six um, state and level six national, of which level six state had lesser requirements to get a 10-0 start value and level six national had higher requirements. It was a bit of a stepping stone and that was probably the hardest transition at that time. Once you kind of got over that jump between those two, then you're pretty good. So essentially I moved through those lower levels fairly quickly. Um, I think I probably got to level six state by the age of 10 or, oh no, I was level 5 when I was 11, so by 12 I did level 13, I did level 6 national, 14 I competed once I think in level 7 and then stopped. So it it was a big challenge as I got to those um, upper levels. I distinctly remember during um, my level 5 season, so I was 11 at the time, this was during the 2000 Olympics, 
I had a really good season. I did really well. I came fourth in state. Um, I was loving gymnastics. I was involved in the 2000 Sydney Olympics, both in the gymnastics gala and the closing ceremony. And I trained at Homebush at the time. So I, I don't know, it was just in the whole theme of it and was really excited and really loving gymnastics. I had previously just gone through an, a period where I was incredibly scared of certain skills of going backwards mostly. And I would balk on skills that I had been doing for years, like, you know, round off backhand springs on floor, for instance. Um, and at the time, I think coaches just let me be. And there wasn't, I don't, I don't remember feeling a great deal of pressure from them to get over that. And eventually I did with a bit of just guidance and attention and just taking it back to basics. Then level five did really good. Level six, not too bad. But by the time I'd gotten through a year of level six, I was starting to get these fears with certain skills. So one skill that, you know, I can pick a few floor I was fine with. I, I was quite happy tumbling. I was a good little tumbler. My dance skills weren't so great. I'm not naturally very flexible, but very, very strong as a child and kind of <laughs> still having those same things. My flexibility now is atrocious. Um, particularly in certain areas like straddle, <laughs> cannot straddle for the life of me. Um, but my, um, strength was always very good. And even now I've picked up the strength aspect of gymnastics quite well and easily again with just a bit of training. But yeah, so this back, back to level, level six and started getting some fears. So I, one of them was I refused to do a flyaway disc mount, which I mean, the the start, it, it just meant your start value was a little bit less. So I used to giant, giant stop in handstand, straddle down and do a toe shoot off um, to avoid doing a flyaway because I just didn't like them. And I was scared of hitting my toes and I probably hit my toes once and that was the end of me doing that. I was like, no, I'm too scared. Um, the only time I remember doing a flyaway was practicing giants over the pit um, and accidentally slipping off one point and doing this perfect flyaway. Um, turns out when you, uh, slip off at the exact right moment, it's, it's fantastic. Anyways, um, I never repeated that. Then, um, another thing that I had a lot of fear around was beam a lot. I had a massive fear of putting my hands on the beam. So like back walkovers, back handsprings, absolutely hated. I think I, I don't think I ever competed either of those things. I trained them. Um, I distinctly remember a time when I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a back walkover on the beam, just mucking around before gym. Cause back in those days, they would let us just play around on the equipment before and after gym. <laughs> Anyways, so I distinctly remember and my hands slipping and, um, sliding down the beam and landing on my head and that freaked me out. And I think that affected my gymnastics for years and years later, um, but interestingly, I suppose the thing that I struggle with most now is that I look back on those times and I think all those fears I never told anyone about. I never, no one ever sat down and said, what, what exactly are you scared of? How can we help you through that? How can we work towards those, you know, overcoming those fears? Because like, yes, you can adapt gymnastics around fears, but I think it would have been better to just address some of the the fears because 
a lot of it was me, I suppose, developing and becoming more and more fearful because I didn't have the ability to process those fears and actually and I was just scared of making mistakes I was scared of being in trouble for not doing well and I was super perfectionistic um, in everything I did so I think all of that just played into these fear and I was a very timid fearful gymnast um but I managed to compete level six for a couple of years and develop skills around those fears. So, and surprisingly, I actually used to do quite well on bars and score in the mid to high nines, even with a start value that wasn't a 10, um, because I was actually pretty good. Otherwise, I just wouldn't do certain skills. Um, but I do also remember many tears and arguments with coaches and parents about why won't you do that you aren't training hard enough you need to try harder and like I would just I I just remember a lot of tears around some of these things and and I started really wanting to stop gymnastics I started really losing love for the sport that I had previously and it became a chore where I wasn't doing it for me anymore. I was doing it because my parents wanted me to do it. They'd spent a lot of money and time invested into doing the sport. I'm one of six kids and, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So for them to be putting in this much money, there was a lot of pressure to do well with it on top of also doing well at school. And I really just... I lost love, but I kept doing it for probably another 12 months or more, even though I was like, so not loving it or life. And I, I look back on that time and I'm sad because I feel like some of the lack of love and passion for the sport was around the way I was being coached and treated and some of the pressures I had from my family. Um, as well as coaches, I think, um, love my parents and they did, you know, the best that they could with what they had at the time, but there was a lot of pressure, um, from my parents to perform a certain way and not make any mistakes. And I was probably not treated that great if I did have a falling competition, for example, um, I would constantly, if I laughed or joked or was having a bit of fun at gymnastics, I distinctly remember my mum getting mad at me, um, saying I wasn't working hard enough just because I was having some fun, uh, when in reality, like, I was a really hard worker. I did what I was told and we would have fun as well because childhood sports should be fun um, and they shouldn't be all work and all stress and seriousness and even when you know you're competing fairly high level like there still needs to be some fun in it um, and so that's something that really was lost on me during those times I did eventually uh, I started getting wrist pain in my right wrist and uh, I mean, I think when you're not mentally in something, you kind of play up. Not that I had wrist pain and I would 
you know, went to the physio and like my wrist mobility and still to this day is not great in particularly my right wrist. And it would hurt whenever I did any handstands or anything. And I just didn't want to push through that. I, you know, had lost the joy. And so I didn't want to push through that. And I kind of used that as an excuse to stop. And really, I think the driving force of me stopping was actually fear of skills, fear of making mistakes, fear of not being good enough. Um, and just, yeah, I, I'd just become really, really scared and not happy in myself and not enjoying the sport. So really, I mean, that that's what I say I why I stopped but really I know that that's not really why I stopped so uh, I've obviously had many many years to reflect on those times in gymnastics and and I think about the culture that I had in my gymnastics I can remember a a moment as a 13 year old when I came back um, from school holidays so school holidays in summer in Australia is six, six to eight weeks. I went to a private school, so it was a bit longer. And um, we essentially did very little training over that time. Like you do a couple, you do a couple of sessions a week, but you relatively like you didn't train as much. And we, as a family, would go away for two weeks every year. So I didn't train any during that time. I remember coming back after that and um, distinctly remember my coach telling me that I had put on weight over the summer and that I had got a belly. Um, You should never say that to a 13-year-old. Like, that's not okay Um, because puberty is a thing and, yeah, you, you do put on weight, you start developing boobs, your body changes and there's literally nothing that you can do about that and like I uh, that really affected me mentally that really really affected me when I stopped gymnastics my biggest fear the whole way throughout my teenage years was that I was getting fat Um, and this is coming from someone who weighed you know 40 something kilos and I was not fat I never was I look back at pictures on that time and I looked unhealthily skinny (laughs) I barely ate at all throughout my teens for a variety of reasons, Um, but there was a massive driving force of fear of putting on weight. Um, I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that I never developed a full-blown eating disorder or something like anorexia because I think I had the right environment that I was living in post-gymnastics plus all that perfectionism traits that really were driven into me and both from home and and sport life and school life. So, you know, I had the recipe to develop something really severe and I didn't, thankfully. Um, Although I would say I definitely had disordered eating throughout my teens into my 20s and sometimes now when I'm stressed, like I just revert back to this no I don't like any food (laughs) and I'm not going to eat anything except the food I really like um it's quite a like uh, I mean I laugh at it but it's it's quite childish 
and I'm pretty good now. I don't, I don't tend to do that. And also I worry if I don't eat that I'll get injuries and then I won't be able to work out. So, um, a lot of that has like my priorities have changed now as an adult and well, more of an adult. So I think, yeah, they were really, really, really challenging years, um, transitioning post finishing gymnastics. My whole identity was as a gymnast. Like I would go to school I'd show off my gymnastics skills at school. It meant I was good at other sports and I did really well at athletics. I even did well at swimming and I can't swim and can't dive. So like I, <laughs> I think I got to zone and refused to go. I was like, uh, no, I'm not very good at swimming. Um, just because I had a good, great baseline fitness. I remember, so I'd, you know, I'd do gymnastics five days a week. I would go to school full time and I, you know, I was at a private school who was really great and let, let me leave 10 minutes early so I could get to gymnastics on time. I trained at two different clubs for many years to get the hours up and also as a way of um, using, I suppose, more equipment because the gym I grew up training in, we would set up the gym at the beginning of the session and pull all the equipment out, set up the bars and put the mats under and then we had to pack it up at the end because it was used um, for other sports as well. It was just in a hall. So, yeah, this other gym was a purpose-built. Um, I, I ended up on the junior elite um, training program there at one point um, before it got scrapped and moved to Canberra and I didn't follow uh, even though it was offered to me uh, the thought of that was like hell no <laughs> I was like no like I I would have not done very well I don't think without I, I very much love you know my family my siblings as much as as a child you don't appreciate that I really was a family girl and still am so I think it, it, you know, it was a really, really challenging time stopping gymnastics and I went on and I did other sports. So I actually started playing tennis and I, I did pretty good at that for someone who'd never played before, picked it up pretty quick. Um, even though I'd never played a ball sport in my life and I started playing flute in a band and did youth group through church and things like that and did that for for four years until um, my parents made the decision to move 10 hours north um, just before I was 18 and because uh, I probably didn't quite have the maturity or was old enough I went with them um, and that's a story for another day but eventually that's actually when I started doing the gymnastics coaching and by this point, I was, um, I still had a lot of anxiety. I was really fearful. I was very shy and timid, pathologically shy, I would say. I'm not like that anymore. I am probably still on the quieter end of the spectrum unless you know me and I know you and I feel comfortable, in which case I'm very, very loud and chatty. Um, but if I'm in a group of people I don't know, I, I'm, I'm reserved. But in my late teens and early 20s, it was to the point where I, I struggled to say hello to people because I was worried about what they would think. I was worried I was going to say the wrong thing. And if I said the wrong thing in my mind, whatever that was, I would then ruminate on it for the next three years, literally. 
I would think about conversations I'd had, you know, years earlier and feel all those embarrassment and feelings again and the anxiety that surrounded that. I was such a little perfectionist. I would go to university and be upset when I got, you know, 90 something percent in an exam, which was a high distinction and the top mark you could get essentially. And I would be upset with, with those, um, those scores. And I really had to work through a lot of that stuff. And I think a lot of that stuff stemmed from competitive gymnastics on top of, you know, a a family that had very high expectations and that, you know, praised you a lot when you did well and the opposite when you did poorly in their eyes which wasn't always actually poorly in hindsight but the expectations were set really really high in my family and I think that that that's probably what's had the most effect on me I think had I had just pressure from gymnastics and not my parents as well I would have mentally been much better off but that's something that was out of my control and so having you know stopped gymnastics on such a negative note back then with lots of anxiety and fear around it and just not loving it and and having lots of negative feelings towards gymnastics and literally never wanting to go back like I left that and I felt relief I didn't feel sadness I didn't feel like I ever wanted to go back in those four years that I was out of that gym I had no desire the thought of it made me really scared it brought up all the anxiety around it again and I I had no desire um, until I decided to go do that coaching and a little spark in me as an adult kind of was reignited so and I I think that's that's why now, um, which it's been another, you know, 15 years since I returned to the gym and on and off over the last little bit. But I think over those times I've, I've had moments in my life where I, I just really, really want to see redeem those years in my life where I spent so much time and energy on something that I was scared of and that I didn't love. And I, I want to redeem that. I want to go back and I want to, I, to be honest, I, I really want to get back into competition shape again. I want to develop the same skills that I had before. I want to be strong and sit relatively flexible, although I don't think I'll ever get back to what I was. I don't think my body is made to be that way, but we're working on it. And I, I want to... I want to redeem those years and get them back and show the world that, (laughs) show myself, prove to myself, not the world, the world doesn't care, but I do. I want to prove to myself that I can do it, that I can be committed and strong and that with the right mindset and support that I can be better than I ever was and that gymnastics doesn't have to bring up fear yeah, there's times where skills are scary, but that's okay. Like I can overcome them and I'm proving that to myself every week at the moment. I'm proving to myself that I can be scared of something and I can still do it and I can do it safely. 
and that's like exciting and that's great and I I love that that's where I'm at now with all of this so I look forward to um where I can go I'd, I'd love to increase my training time so that I'm fitter and stronger and get more flexibility in it's challenging now because I have other commitments I need to pay bills I need to work and I'm still in training so and I worry because I've like just finished your training program you've got one year left because I'm like you're getting older <laughs> And I feel very like competing feelings towards like, I just want to spend all this time exercising and getting strong and enjoying sport again. But also I really need to finish my medical training and become fellowed so that I have the freedom to work the hours I want and train the hours I want essentially. And I've got the income and, and money to be able to do that as well. So I'm going to persevere and finish my training um, over the next year. So and hopefully I can continue with the amount of training I'm doing now because I think that it's a safe amount of training. I'm still building up lots of strength and fitness but and I haven't had any injuries other than that freak ankle injury earlier this year but I haven't had any gymnastics related injuries now um, or chronic overuse injuries, which I've been very prone to because I tend to go hard and uh, when I'm not ready. <laughs> so I like I want to be smart about how I do things and I want to prove that you can be an adult and you can train and you can get good and you don't have to be a small little 12-year-old because I feel like... Uh, the, the culture in Australian gymnastics is still a little bit, even though our last Olympics, our one athlete, um, female, or oh, there was two female athletes and they're both in their 20s, which was very nice to see because I feel like Gymnastics Australia has really, there was a point when I was coaching where the levels program to get into the elite stream, you could only enter that at age six or seven. And I was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard because I think if you work hard and consistent and smart and you don't burn out, I think if you start doing high-level gymnastics at six or seven without any fun, you'll burn out and you won't make it to those high levels. So I really, I really, 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 really hope that that's not the case anymore and that Gymnastics Australia is far more open to the diversity um, and that kids, teenagers can start gymnastics and get good, even though they didn't start at five or six. Um, I, I get why that culture exists. Like, I think small people are really easy to spot. They are really malleable. They learn motor patterns really easily. Um, and there's less fear, I think. But, uh, I mean, I can say for me, I have way less fear now than I did as a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old. So I think I don't think that's all completely true and I'm much better at motor learning and being able to adapt the movements I do because I understand that now, um, whether that's through my training or because I <laughs> listen to a lot of podcasts and videos on, on correct training. But I think it's super important that we give everyone the opportunity to compete if they want to or not. And I think everyone should have the opportunity to 
be serious about a sport without the pressure of winning medals. I, I think that that's not the be-all and end-all. And I think that gymnastics in Australia would be better served with a more inclusive, um, I suppose, culture. And I think they're trying. Like there's now Gymnastics for All and there there's disability programs in gymnastics in Australia now too and there's gym for fun there's there's a bunch of like performance-based gymnastics things as well plus all the other gym sports and so I I think there's that but I, I think women's artistic and men's artistic gymnastics can can have an element of you don't have to be the best like why can't you try I I don't understand why people who aren't the best can't try because I I don't believe that you need to see natural talent at six or seven I think some people truly are better because they're willing to work hard I think people who are willing to work hard whether or not they have natural talent um assuming that they have some sense of air awareness and what their limbs are doing and ability to, to learn and follow instructions even if they're a bit slower I truly believe that they have just as much chance of going elite and and being successful and I don't think that um, we give them and those individuals enough credit and I think people can become elite gymnasts in their 20s and 30s and I I think that we should give those people an opportunity and not say oh you're too old for our classes so yeah I think I'll stop rambling there and we'll have further discussions next time thanks for listening see ya bye